Welcome to Season 4 of Business Book Talk. I'm your host, Bob Garlick. This year, we have even more great books to help you excel in business and life. You can search for book topics and themes at businessbooktalk.com or subscribe using your smartphone for great content on the go. Hi, everybody. It's Bob, and I've got Tom Panaggio. The Risk Advantage, Embracing the Entrepreneur's Unexpected Edge. Awesome book, and thanks for coming on the show, Tom. Well, Bob, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So, uh, first question is, why did you think this book needed to be written? I sat down, I wanted to write the history of our company, and uh, as I was thinking about you know, what made us successful, all the things that I'd been told as a young business person and you know, going to, to business school uh, didn't quite align with, with how things actually um, happened. And, and so I, I, I did some soul searching to find out what was it that, that made companies successful. You know, I was told that it was hard work and it was commitment and it was dedication, but, but I knew a lot of people that had all those qualities, yet they had failed in business. And, and you know, in the U.S., 80% of all businesses fail in, in the first three years. So there had to be something else. And I really wanted to find out what it was. And, and, and one day as I was sitting daydreaming about racing, which is one of my, my hobbies, I, I race sports cars, I thought about a race I won and there was a point in the race where it just came to me, not, not during the race, but as I was daydreaming, it came to me what it was. It, it was a situation where I had to make a decision to, to, to have an opportunity to get the lead in this particular race. I had to embrace risk and it was like somebody whacked me over the head. That epiphany came to me and I realized we were successful of course, because of the hard work and the dedication, the commitment, but it was at each opportunity that was presented to us, we were willing to embrace the risk of that opportunity, which kept us moving forward and therefore pushed us towards success. And, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to change the attitude about risk. Most people are, are risk averse. You know, they, they, they say minimize risk, mitigate risk, all those things. And, and I found that to be not necessarily true. I found that that for us to be successful in other companies, it's by embracing risk that that you get the opportunity, and therefore opportunity keeps moving the company forward. So, well, you know, there's all sorts of types of risk. So I'm just curious: do you have a different levels of risk? Because you know, if if you're saying, okay, we're look, we're we're chugging along here, and is it an opportunity that's a little risky or is it say, well, that is a risk, but it's, it's a risk. It's a medium level risk. It's worth us putting energy into that. We're not going to get bit in the ass. Well, all risks should fit within your strategic plan with one big asterisk. If, if, and, and again, I, I, I only say this because I, I've, I've lived through it. Um, if your business plan tells you to go in this particular direction, then, then stay on the road uh, as you've laid out. Don't, don't get distracted. But along the way, there will be opportunity risks. And, and, and I distinguish between opportunity risks and, let's say, um, liability risk. You know, you don't, you know, not having, you know, 
pools of water in your retail location or dirty (laughs) you know so we i always want to distinguish between there are some risks that of course nobody you know nobody really wants or you know having a having poor security on your on your on your internet's you know network you know those those aren't what i'm talking about it's really opportunity risks um so when you when you recognize a worthy risk and and Everybody has that, you know, I call it the Franklin list where you have, you know, the good things, bad things about an opportunity. When the good things are greater than the bad things, that's a risk that's worthy of taking. Now, in some cases, you may find that the bad things are greater than the good things, yet it's still worth a risk. Um, again, there, there's no there's no rule of thumb or, or there's no no rules that I put together that say these are the risks that you should take because there's just far too many situations in business and in life that you know you just can't have a, a one size fit all um, um, I, I guess criteria for this. So, um, but you know we in our business one of the second companies I founded within three years of find founding that business, we completely changed our business model. And it, thank God we did because, um, because of that we became very successful. Mm. Well, you know, it, it's interesting sometimes, you know, when you, when you, it's almost like hindsight, when you look at a company, let's say Twitter, Twitter developed their, uh, character, uh, structure and the size and, and, and the algorithm to run it uh, for internal usage. And then it went, everybody in the office went crazy. Oh, this is perfect. And then they were sharing it with their friends and, and it kind of, they had to make a pivot because there was a success that was happening. Now that was a risk because really what they were was a podcasting company. Now today they're super, super successful uh, doing something completely different. So when you, you know, you use the word uh, uh, change, but there's a, Today they use the word pivot. Is is it kind of part of the pivot strategy? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the great thing about an entrepreneur, as opposed to a a, a big corporate behemoth, is because we can pivot relatively quickly and simply, and we don't have a lot of layers of bureaucracy that we have to go through. The the greatest strength of entrepreneurism is is the ability to seek the answer to whatever question you might have regarding your business or regarding the ultimate objective of your business. And and, and sometimes the answer leads you in such a a divergent direction that uh, you may look at it and go, well, well, gosh, well, this is not what we really planned on on doing, yet this will ultimately lead us to success. Do you have the courage to embrace that risk of the, the risk of, let's say, the risk of the pivot? these days. And, and quite frankly, if you look at some of the other companies out there that, uh, you know, PayPal is another good example of, of somebody that, that pivoted and, and of course ultimately ended up being very successful. And, and, and history is, is, is filled with these type of situations. So, you know, that's the great thing about being an entrepreneur. You, you can juke and jive as you need to. And it also, you know, going through the book, a lot of it was saying, you know, you don't have to be stuck on your original concept, your, your original dream. It's the ability to say, okay, this kind of fits in with our skill sets. It, it, it could work for us. Let's try it out. I mean, just because you've tried a risk doesn't mean that you're stuck with it forever, too. Absolutely. The thing is, if you if you start heading down a path and it looks like it's going to be, uh, you know, not successful, 
and and everybody has those those situations you know the the good entrepreneur the 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 prudent entrepreneur is 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 willing to say hey i i I tried it it ain't working let's let's move and and let's 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 fail quickly let's not dwell on something and keep you know keep at it when when you know it's not going to be successful i mean that 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 is something that um I think a lot of, uh, of of entrepreneurs, especially, get so emotionally attached to to whatever their original idea was that they they get blinded and, and they fail to see these other opportunities that that are lying before them and, and all the skill set that they've developed for that original objective fits nicely in with this these new opportunities yet they're so emotionally attached to that original they don't want to seem like they 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 gave up and failed or there's a personal you know issue that that they they have to continue with this and 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 that's the sad thing because um you know if you fail let's fail fast and get on with life mhm well you know in chapter 5 you use the title prisoner of hope and uh, i think that's endemic in a lot of uh, organizations where the guys said oh you know we just keep on going and hopefully will this will happen and eventually this will happen and uh, after a while you become blind to the reality around you you sure do and and you know we saw that a great deal with our sales force and i and i think if, if i have to pick on one group in an organization it's the sales team that that seems to have this constant prisoner of hope uh, situation where where they have the big sale is is you know is on the hook and they're they're going to land this whale they know they are and, and they take so much time trying to land the whale uh, meanwhile the other opportunities are swimming by and they're and they're not even casting a net and and you you can't hope that something is going to work out it, you have to do something to make it work out and 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 that's 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 something that that that's very hard for people again when they're emotionally attached to something to 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 be able to free themselves from that prison of of hope and and um you know it, it's a risk and and you have to be able to uh be have the courage to embrace the risk of of doing something other than what you originally planned or 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 not being sucked in and and, and trapped by hope well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that happens with everybody because hope is the easy way. It's like, oh, if only we get these big guys and we've been trying so hard and we've presented to them three times. So we're doing our due diligence. I'm not being a bad salesperson or I'm not being a bad manager. It's yes, you are because you're saying, look, we've done that. Forget that for a month. Let's go after some new stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, the whole I guess underlying motivation for for all business besides profit, of course, is is moving forward. And, and if you're and if you're a prisoner of hope, what's happened is you you've you've now planted yourself in one position, and you're not moving forward. You're waiting for something something that's out of your control that that is is ambiguous is is just not it's it's not activity it's it's you're not making something happen you know it, it if you go to the beach and you stand in in the water and let the wave and don't move okay just let the waves rush underneath you guess what happens the ground underneath you deteriorates and, and next thing you know you're sinking in the sand that's what happens to a prisoner of hope they just stand in the surf and they gradually sink as the ground underneath them gets washed away. Well, that sounds so 
<laughs> Intense, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get eaten by a shark. Yeah, it's um, it it. I think that's one of the major problems you have in in a recessionary environment as well where there's not enough cash flow going on a lot of people say ah, i can't do any closes because nobody wants to buy my product well then figure out a different way of selling you know go, go to people and, and say well let's compromise i'm i'm willing to lose money or not lose a bit of my profit just to move forward just to get the cash going through the company that's what banks want to see i'll, I'll talk with people and they'll say ah oh, but it's not a big enough deal i said dude as long as you're not losing money it's a good deal. It's keeping people busy. It's keeping the machine practiced, and and that's a that's a good type of risk. Well, you know, my dad is a basketball coach, and whenever he would break the team to, to start the game, you know, in the huddle, and when somebody came in the game, he always had the same words of wisdom or piece of advice. He always said, "Make something happen." And and that's that's absolutely when when things are tough when when it's when it's really really um, you know difficult to like you said to, sales aren't happening for whatever reason if you if you first go back to the fundamentals whatever got you to the point that you're at of, be, of being successful go back to that whatever that strategy was go back there first let's start there okay and then let's make something happen let's do something and 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 i i know that sounds general but again there's just too many types of business and types of situations that that i can't give you know a specific answer for each but if you make something happen okay you do something you move forward you're going to eventually break through that 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 doldrums and, and things are going to start happening again. But but if you just sit there hoping that things are going to happen or hoping that the economy is going to get better or hoping that that big sale is going to, is going to uh, you know, come to fruition, you are, like I said, you're the guy standing on the on the beach with, it, with, with your, your feet slowly sinking into the sand and you're not going anywhere. I wanted to talk to you about uh, this this uh, this chapter. It really resonates with me. Um, embrace the risk of proactive marketing, and that is a hot button for me. It it drives me crazy that uh, people aren't proact more proactive with their marketing. So, can we dabble in that one a little bit? Yes, and now in, in a matter of full disclosure, since I come from the direct marketing world, everything we did had to be proactive because we, we spent most of our, our 30 years doing one thing, which was generating leads for, for different types of businesses. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just really, really a, a big proponent of it. And, and, and what I mean by proactive marketing is, is we're, we're, our sole objective of our marketing campaigns is to get us opportunities to sell. It's not to pass information. It's not to gather likes. It's not to not to, to to establish you know a feeling about our company. I just want my salespeople or or I want people coming into my my retail location. So I got to be proactive. I, it's it's I act now. The the language of your of your message is always this is a good deal and you must come in now. Not later, and, and it's not passive. It's it's proactive. It it's it gets you off your couch, and into my location, or onto the onto my website, or pick up the phone, whatever it might be. That's the first premise because 
the sole purpose of marketing is to create opportunities to sell. And the second thing is people buy when they're ready to buy, not necessarily when you're ready to sell. So therefore, the second part of proactive marketing is it's got to be continuous. It's not an on-demand sort of, of, of function. It has to be continuous. The day you start your business is the day you start marketing. The day they put you into the box and put you into the ground, that's when you stop. And, and, and again, I can tell you this, Bob, we never asked our clients to do anything that we weren't going to do ourselves. So on day one, we started marketing for ourselves. And the, the, the company is still in existence and is still marketing today. And we haven't stopped because we don't know when that, that prospective client is ready to buy. And we have to be in front of them when that moment happens. And that's the key, the two keys to proactive marketing. The message has to be, boom, hit you hard. And not, it's not this passive, you know, imagery and stuff like that. that you know, if you have an unlimited budget, fine, do that, all that you want. But you better have, have a message that says, we got this product. It's full of value. You need to have it. Come in and get it now. Yeah, if you don't have a call to action, you're you're basically uh, throwing money down the toilet. Um, it's it's almost like you're organizing or orchestrating opportunity. That's what good marketing is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I said, it's opportunity to sell. When you're writing this book, and you you kind of hinted at you did have an aha moment and epiphany. Um, but when you were actually putting the book onto paper and stuff like that, what crystallized for you? What was your aha moment? Well, well, really was that, that racing situation. It, that's where it, it, it came to me that, uh, you know, there has to be some, some as, I, as I call it, the unexpected edge. Because what I saw was the guys that were in that race with me, they all had the opportunity to do what I did, except they chose not to for whatever reason. And, and that was the, the kind of the crystallization moment that that i i look i kind of looked at it and i went hey hey i did that it, why didn't they do that why didn't they take this take the same risk that i did and um that that is part of the epiphany that that those that succeed and those that continuously succeed and, and have a long successful uh business career is because each day they come into the office they're willing to identify the worthy risk and embrace it, and they have that courage. It, it's it's and it it really it came all from that that racing because let's face it, the idea of getting into racing is is no different than getting into a business. It's that's that leap of faith. I mean, racing is a dangerous sport, right? And um, to to be a winner, and you can look at at, at any sport for that matter. It's those that that take the situation before them, the opportunity, and they put themselves out of their comfort zone and, and, and have the courage to, to, to embrace risk. And they're the ones that continuously uh, are successful. And, and that really was the moment. It, it, and, and it happened, literally, I was, I was daydreaming. I was trying to think, you know, hey, what the heck is this thing here? And then, boop, it hit me. Mm, mm. 
Well, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, I think um, the first guy decided to, to shave all the hair off his body when he was a swimmer because it, it made it for, you know, he get his hair wasn't <laughs> slowing him down and suddenly he started That's winning right. all the races. Now, that was a social risk. It's like, wow, what happens if I'm ugly if I'm bald? It doesn't matter. If you're winning the races, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's funny how how you know winning and 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 success changes your idea of of, of appearance. I mean, Michael Jordan shaved his head, and then next thing you know, everybody was shaving their head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know that that brings up a good point is, you know, when you do decide to to take a risk and go in a different direction, uh, then you're going to get the people that copycat you. Uh, they're not really taking a risk; they're copying. Isn't that even a bigger risk? Because you don't know why you're doing it. Um, well, they're, they're, they're not willing to innovate, you know, they, they, and again, there's two sides of the coin here. If, if, cause, cause in our particular business, um, we, we, we had a lot of copycats. Um, and, uh, but, but they're not, they don't all copy you a hundred percent in our particular case. They, they just didn't have that commitment. It, and it was really was the commitment to the, um, to the marketing. They, they weren't willing. Here's these marketers. Bob, this, this just blew my mind. They are telling their customers, hey, you got to market. You got you to be sending out you know, constant messages. But they themselves weren't willing to do that. And, and we looked at it as, as that as a competitive advantage for us. Go ahead and copy us. If, if you want to copy kind of the things that we're doing, you know, copy the, the look of the building, that, go ahead. It, it, it's the execution part of it that's the most important part, okay? You can copy, but, but execute. You know, I can dress up and look like the Beatles, but gosh, I could never execute like the Beatles, and I would never be as successful as the Beatles because they executed. That's what it came down to. Well, you know, it, it's it's very true that the, uh, you know, you talk to people, they get all bent out of shape. It's, oh, those guys are copying us. And they say, well, you know, copying is the biggest form of, of a compliment. But really, it's it's way, way beyond that. And I think you're right with, with the, if you're executing continuously, you will, by executing, you will notice new opportunities, which will make you execute in a slightly different direction, which will make you, you know, and it just goes on and on and on and on. If you're continually executing, continually moving forward, you've got that momentum. It's very hard to compete against a company like that. Yeah. And, and those that copy, I mean, that, that indicates something to you. They're, they're, not, they're not willing to really risk, right? They're, look at it. They're, they're going, hey, that formula, that formula works. I'm going to go with that instead of developing something that, that would be completely new. Um, you know, change, being able to change and especially external change, which is really innovation, that's the difference between the copycats and, and the leader, Okay, it, the, the, the copycats will only change after you validated the change. It, and that's what we found in, in our particular business. Only after we made a change and then we validated, did they then copy. But guess what? They're always behind us. <laughs> We're six, eight, 12 months ahead of where they are. And by the time they try to copy, up, copy us because we 
were proponents of marketing and we in, in whatever innovation we rolled out, we just market the crap out of it. They were always behind us. So, and again, don't worry about who's behind you. Okay, worry what's in front of you because that's where the real future is in front of you, not behind you. You know, it's very interesting. I used to advise clients. I call that offensive marketing. Basically, what you're doing is you're creating a, a, a vibrant marketing platform for yourself. You're moving forward. And everybody says, yeah, but if we do that, we're going to get copies. It doesn't matter. They won't know why you're doing it. And if you have come up with this idea of actually restructured the company slightly so that you can execute. And if that happens, then they're going to be working at a disadvantage because they don't know the things that they need to do. And by the time they figure it out, you're doing something new. Yeah, and 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 look look at the the reason that you, they're copying you is because you did something innovative. Well, well, goodness gracious, don't stop, right? Keep keep being innovative, and then you don't have to worry about them copying you. A lot of people that that you know, especially if you're if you're developing a product or some sort of website, and I'm working with some entrepreneurs now that that come up with ideas for products and they're so afraid to, you know, if I send that to somebody to see how, you know, have it manufactured, get a quote on it manufactured, oh, they may copy it. You go, look, when, the minute that hits the market, everybody's going to copy it. So so what's the difference, right? You, you just got to keep being innovative and keep moving forward. I mean, again, don't worry about what's behind you. Worry about what's in front of you. Well, let's talk about failure because failure is massive right now. I think it's one of the biggest hiccups that uh, everybody's got. Is there a fate of failure? Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I tell people, especially business leaders, I want you to change your attitude towards failure. What I want you to do is instead of punishing failure and, and fearing failure, I want you to encourage a culture of failure and and of course they look at you like what are you nuts you know it's like like hey if somebody throws a punch at you what you should do is like really lean into it and and that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is that if if you're a business leader and you punish your employees for failing and they're they have a a real you know serious uh, attempt to, to make something better and, and they're being proactive and you punish them for that, guess what? Their, their life is, hey, I need this job to sustain my family. So they're going to now, they're not going to try anymore. They're going to be afraid. And what's going to happen is your, your innovation and your change and, and everything is just going to come to a screeching halt. By encouraging productive failures, let's, let's make sure we're clear about that, a productive failure versus an unproductive failure, an unproductive failure is laziness, sloppiness, you know, that, that's not what we're saying here. Productive failures are when we're, we have an objective and for whatever reason, we just don't meet the objective, okay? But it's a, it's a, it's a sincere attempt. It's a sincere attempt to invent something or create something. If you do not penalize those individuals, who are or have sincere attempts to a productive um, and have a productive failure, what'll happen is you you now you've released that that threat and innovation and change and creativity will flow from your company like the water from an artesian well. It'll just it'll just be a wellspring of of innovation. And and failure and Thomas Watson, the, the CEO of, of IBM, said, if you want to succeed quickly, 
then double your rate of failure. And, and again, what he was saying was, you got to keep trying and attempting and moving forward. Yeah, you're going to fail, but that's okay. Just, it, it's all right. You, you're, you're at least moving forward. You'll get it right. You'll, you'll definitely get it right. You know, and that goes all the way back to the beginning of the conversation where we were saying that small companies can fit, pivot, they can change quite rapidly. Uh, a, a failure with a smaller company that's more agile is a lot less of a risk than failure with a behemoth because it just takes so much time and energy to get to that failure compared to small companies. So I think uh, the more you fail, and, and I just I wish they had a different word for it. You know, because it, it's just we've been ingrained when we were children. It's like, don't fail. And, and, and we failed in sports. And that's a bad thing. It's like, guys, it's not failure. It was, was an opportunity to learn. And the next time we do it, we'll do a little bit better. That's all. Yeah. It, failure gives you an opportunity to readjust. You know, some, some people will, will say that um, it's better to have failure than, than victory, which, which, you know, that's hard to believe. But, um, when you have a lot of success, guess what happens? You 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 will you'll relax a little bit, right? We we you you start that intensity, that focus will 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 loosen up, and you'll start making mistakes, and you'll start fumbling over yourself, and 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 so, but but failure can tend to really sharpen that that focus. You know, you it it's it's I don't want to say it's 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 not a bad thing. I mean, it's going to tell you, hey. You're going the wrong direction. Now, it won't tell you which direction you go in. You know, life doesn't work that way. But it'll tell you that whatever direction you're going in is wrong and you need to make some adjustment. You need to pivot. And that's the great benefit of failure. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the end. It, see, there's failure and then there's defeat. Defeat is final. You're done. You know, close up shop, you're done. Failure is, is only temporary and it's what you do after the failure that is important and and. and what will contribute to your ultimate success. Yeah, no, I, I, I would have to agree 100% on that because literally it's the ability, and, and we've heard this, get off your butt and, and try again. It's, it's the difference between somebody who's 19 years old and somebody who's 30 years old is the 30-year-old's been bashed in his butt a couple of times and he realizes it's no big deal. I can get back up and in a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I'll be back to normal. The first time it happens and you're slapped on your butt it's really hard because you think that's it. You only get one shot. You know that stupid sign, you only get one shot in this town? That's such BS. It's all about getting up and trying it again and trying it again and trying it again. And the more you can do that, more resilient you are, and the quicker you can do it, the more successful you're going to be with life. Now, you may not become a millionaire. You may not become this super business person, but definitely you'll be much happier with where you are in life psychologically. If you look at some of the great success stories of, of, of the, the last couple hundred years, you know, one that, that stands out for, for me at least is um, uh, Colonel Sanders, Kentucky Fried Chicken. There, there's a guy that, you know, at 65, now this guy's ready to retire, you know, and he sets out, he says, I, you know, I believe in this, this formula that I have for fried chicken. And he sets out in his car with all his, 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 his equipment and he travels the, the, the country and he gets, he fails a thousand times. He goes into a thousand different people and says, Hey, I've got this great idea for chicken. You know, what do you think about selling my chicken? And, and 
on the thousandth one. Now, how discouraged could you possibly be after a thousand, you know, and you're traveling? He's 65 years old. This guy doesn't, you know, he does, he's ready to retire. And it took him that thousandth one that the guy it was in Salt Lake City, Utah, said, I'm in. And, and look, you know, God, you know, he's, he's no longer with us, but look at the success after a thousand failures. Yeah, I remember reading comic book, uh, this uh, Mad Magazine many, many, many years ago, and they had in the little margins, they would have these little tiny uh, illustrations, and it was the same running joke again and again. It would be this guy looking for pyramids, and then you could see just a fraction more was where the big treasure was. And he's given up and walking away. And th- I used to watch that, look at that. And for me, that is what gives me drive with my business to keep moving forward because it may be tomorrow that it all comes together. It's always about striving to go a little bit moving forward. Never give up. Just keep moving forward. That's all it is. It's like my father said, you make something happen and uh, you, you're, you're, you're going to find success. That, that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, move forward and forward progress is all that matters yeah a lot of times it's just opportunity waiting for you to be in alignment so it can help you you're just not there yet yeah that's exactly right there's there's you, you know it like like the colonel sanders it just he had he just had to find that right individual that was willing to embrace this risk that was uh, for this opportunity that was presented to him and, and, he, and he just needed to find that right person you know that everything had to align there's no question about it you know that that that, that has that's very important in success now i wanted to ask you for for our, all our listeners out there uh what can they do today that will help them on uh this path to to the risk advantage the first thing is we need to change our perception of of risk and 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 again because risk really is the is the the lack of certainty you have to have confidence in yourself and your ability and you have to be willing to step out of your comfort zone that's the only way you're going to succeed there's 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 no way that that you can succeed if you don't put yourself in a little bit precarious position but it's okay it's okay to do that and it's okay that to that you could expect a little bit of failure okay it's going to happen. So, so let's get that out of the way. You're going to have some failures. It's going to hurt a little bit, right? You know, everybody remembers when they learned to ride a bike, right? Do, do you know any kid that, that after they fell once just said, ah, to hell with it. I'm not going to do this ever again, right? I mean, I just look at my kids, you know, each one of them, each one of my three daughters, each one had, had different experiences and not one of them got on that darn bike and, and rode it the first time. Not one, you know, one ended up into a, into the, into a palm, you know, a bunch of palm trees. The other one, you know, <laughs> on the road, the other one just, you know, right through in, into, into the bushes. And so you're going to fail, but be like a kid. Have the innocence of a, of a child to go, darn it, I want to ride that bike because I want to ride around with my friends and I'm going to accept a little bit of pain. I'm going to ex- accept a little bit of scrape knee or elbow because I know that once I get on that bike, I'm never going to forget how to ride the bike. And, and that's really what it is about business. You, you're going you're gonna to scrape your elbow. You're going to have some, some, some pain. You're going to have some suffering. But trust me. Once you get on that that bike and you start riding, it, it, it all comes to you. And and it, it, and be willing to pay the cost of opportunity. And that cost is risk. 
and it's okay. It's all right. It, you, you're going to do fine. Just be willing to step out of your comfort zone. And if you do fail, don't dwell on it. Pick yourself up and get headed on down the highway because success is there for you. It's just going to, it's going to take you a few attempts. It's like I said, it's just like riding a bike. You know, I'd, I'd take that uh, riding analogy a little bit further too. Uh, out here in, in uh, Vancouver, we've got the North Shore Mountains and there are some amazing mountain bike rides that are just through the beautiful forest. But you, you're just not going down a trail. You're going down a trail and then there's a bridge that they built out of logs. And then, the, I mean, it's just this obstacle course. And you see these guys going up, young guys and older guys going up there every weekend, hundreds of them, practicing and wiping out and video themselves doing it. But the thing that they're doing they're risking life and limb, but they're doing it safely. You know, they have a helmet on, they've got shin guards. They know through previous failures where to protect themselves before they go down because that takes away some of the risk of making the risk that they're doing more enjoyable. Well, even even when I race, I mean, I, I, I have a fire suit. I, I have a helmet. I have gloves. I have a roll cage that that I, I sit in. You know, I have I have six point seat belt. So I take the necessary precautions. I, I'm not I'm not insane in which I would sit in the car with no helmet, no safety belts. But um, because of those things, I, I'm I may push it a little bit. You know, a little bit beyond where where somebody that that would be sitting in their street car would 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 not be willing to do and that's understandable because I've like you say I've taken the precaution I've I've put in place those things that will keep me from hurting myself and you know that if you draw that analogy back to the to the idea of business it's it's you know you you certainly don't want to put yourself in a in a position where financially it it's it's devastating if you have a little hiccup you know, those are the things that you, you have to be aware of. And, um, you know, I'm one to, to say that I, I would rather self-finance my business. And if I don't have enough resources for, you know, the the huge monster business that I have envisioned, then I'm willing to take my vision down a little bit and say, okay, well, let me accomplish this a little bit at a time to get to the ultimate goal. Uh, and And so, therefore, I'm going to pull my resources in and it's going to be a little bit smaller company to begin with. But if I'm good at what I do and I keep at it and I'm willing to keep embracing risk and I'm, I invest in my marketing, I will get to that, that big company. I just, I'm going to start small. And, and, and that to me is, is probably the, the, the most important um, safety equipment that you, that you need to have is, is, you know, be reasonable in your in your initial expectations. You can have a long term goal of I'm going to be a multinational corporation with you know locations all over the world, but you know make that you got to get that first one successful before you can have you know a thousand locations. Exactly, you can't get into delusional risk. That's for sure. Right, right, right. Which a lot of people do. I mean, that's the that's the big problem is they 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 get into these situations. You go, what what the hell were you thinking? This is you know it's not practical. It's not possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's the the whole thing. I you know I'll run into uh, people all week long a lot of times, and they're I'll ask them what are they doing, and realize that they have no idea what they're doing, and they have no idea what they've set ahead 
you know, what their goals are are totally unrealistic. And, and it's me trying to talk them out of it and say, well, that's great, but what about we do something a little bit small, a little bit more, you know, for the next month to move the thing forward a little bit. And then we can go for the big pie in the sky thing in a, in a year or two years. And the people that push back says, no, no, we can do this quicker. Then you got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> we, it's fine. We always, my, my business partner, George, and I would always use this one analogy because we love watching um, Discovery Channel and those animal shows where the, where the lion will go after the, the you know, he, he'll go after an antelope, but you won't see him try to eat four antelopes at once, right? So, you know, let's keep everything in perspective, you know. That, that's, that's, that's very important. Keep everything in perspective. It's all day by day. And, yeah, and, and um, you know, going back, harkening back to salespeople, I think that's probably their biggest Achilles tendon is Achilles heel is that they, uh, they get stuck on these dreams because that's what they use to motivate themselves to get on the phone and, and do more. But they get too caught up in them and, and you got to dial them back every now and again. So, well, that's great. That's a good new idea. But let's just keep on going on, on this script for now just so we can get some success and then we can move forward. Well, it, it's it's funny how little bit you know tiny little successes you know add up, and and there, there's there's a lot of people that that make darn good livings with a whole lot of little sales, you know, and then there's those that starve because they're you know the only thing they're concerned about is how am I going to land this whale, and and they just never they never do. Let's just back that up and let's look at the physics of that situation. If you're doing many, many, many small sales, you're meeting a lot of people and you're satisfying a lot of people and that lot of people are talking to way more people compared to talking to one or two people. If you just look at the, the math, it's obvious the person that is connecting with more people is going to have a much more successful long-term relationship and uh, internal promotion. The more leads you, you, you talk to, the, the more sales you – you're right. It is all math, and I defy anybody to, to dispute those numbers. You know, you, the more opportunities you have, the more chance of success you're going to have. If, if, you know, if, if, you're, if you're playing baseball and they said to you, listen, you only get one to take one pitch, you know, how successful could you be? You know, like, like one – that's it? Yeah, that's it. You know, this is it. One pitch. You, you want lots of pitches. You know, the more pitches you, you take, the, you know, the better chance you have to, to hit home run. So um, – and there's nothing wrong with, with, with a lot, a lot of little sales if, if – because like you said, you're, you're, you're not only succeeding a lot more, but you're, you're, you're establishing a relationship with somebody who will at some point, if, if it's applicable, refer people back to you. So – so true. It's all numbers, numbers, numbers. That's it. <laughs> there's no risk if there's lots of numbers. That's your new That's book. Right. There you go. And they write that down. There's no risk. <laughs> Just 10% off the top. That's all I need. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I've been speaking with Tom today. The risk advantage, embracing the entrepreneur's unexpected edge. Awesome book. Highly recommended for, for you know, like – you're saying small to medium, but I'm saying even a large organization could really, really do well by reading this book and kind of re, retweaking their reality and, and, and just getting into the game and start pushing a little harder. 
Absolutely, because uh, a lot of big companies, guess who your customers are? These they're they're these small entrepreneurs, and you you might number one, you want to you want to know what they're thinking and how they think. So this is this is a good um, a good primer for you to to to, to understand what what the the small businessman is thinking about, and uh, more importantly, I think is that you know in, in big companies it's so hard to get people to move off center and, and you know to do anything because it's just so much so many layers of bureaucracy and 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 formalities and this is a good way if 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 a if a manager or a supervisor or a vice president you know reads a book this book i think they'll have the the courage and they'll certainly have the confidence to to, to maybe change the thinking a little bit and go look we gotta we gotta be lean and mean you know, we we got to go out and we got to move quickly because you know the competitiveness of, of 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 our marketplace demands that we be innovative, creative, and we be out front. And uh, again, it, it's it. There's a reason why entrepreneurs think up and and create these these unbelievably um, you know innovative products and services be, because. They do it. They do it quickly, and they they don't have a lot of overhead that they have to deal with. They they get it done. They make things happen. Tom, thank you very much for coming on the show and and uh, sharing some of your knowledge with us. Bob, I really appreciate it. This was a good time. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, leave comments, or make a request on our website, businessbooktalk.com. See you next week.